Magic.me is the world's greatest school for magic, meditation, and mysticism. You can learn everything there from chaos magic to hermeticism to meditation to how to supercharge your finances and take absolute control of your destiny. In short, you get all of the tools you need to turn chaos into beautiful, scintillating order and master your life. It's incredible. You've probably heard me talk about it on the show quite a lot, but check it out. It's growing fast. And I just want to say, if you're confused about where to start, because I have so many courses there, the Adept Initiative is the place to go. The Adept Initiative is the flagship course on magic.me, and it contains everything you need to know to master the most profound ancient techniques of changing your consciousness and the most modern and cutting edge tools and systems for absolutely turning your life into a masterpiece. You're really going to dig it. Go check it out and I will see you in class. It's magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E. Yes, hello. It's Jason Liu. Welcome back to the Ultra Culture Podcast. We're going to do another episode that is answering write-in questions. We did one a few episodes back and I actually got really, really positive feedback about it on Instagram. So we're going to roll with that. We have tons, we have, you know, probably something like 18 pages of student questions that have been written in over the last couple of years that just haven't been fielded yet. So we're going to go with this format. If you like it, please tell us on social media or email. If you don't like it, please tell us also, but people seem to like this. Okay. So the theme for this one, because we're going to kind of theme these episodes and focus them around specific topics of focus, of course, is the importance of your day to day state. Now, this is something that I've talked about a lot in courses. I've talked about it in podcasts, but it's something that I think I should just keep coming back to because it's so critically important and it's something that we forget all the time. And quite frankly, it's something that we need to be reminded of probably multiple times a day, which is one of the reasons that having any type of spiritual practice or practice geared towards changing your day-to-day state is so important. So what do I mean by this? My kind of grand theory of magic and meditation is that it is meant to get you into your parasympathetic nervous system instead of your sympathetic nervous system. That is, if you sat me down in front of a panel of academics and scientists and, and they demanded that I, you know, justify myself as a heretic to them, then that is what I would say. I would say that all of these spiritual practices or mystic practices or religious or magical practices from the last several thousand years, if you really boil them down and really look at what they're actually doing from a 1000% scientific perspective, they are getting you into your parasympathetic nervous system instead of your sympathetic nervous system. And that's pretty much it. We can jettison all the iconography and mythology and and dogma and edgelordery and all of that. That's pretty much it. The parasympathetic, excuse me, the parasympathetic nervous system is obviously where you are when you are calm, relaxed, focused in a flow state, 
feeling your best. And the sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight. That's when you're freaking out. Everything seems like it's attacking you. You constantly have to decide what you're going to do and if you need to run away or fight. And unfortunately, there are many good things about the modern world and information technology. I spend all day long on the computer, but if you're like me and if you're like basically everyone else in the world, you are constantly getting updates from your phone about things going terribly wrong in the world. There's a war on, there's coronavirus, there's riots, there's Trump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that just shreds our nervous systems. And when you combine that with just our day-to-day -day personal email, text messages, social media messages, essentially constant demands where all of us are getting constant demands on our attention, constant demands to make decisions on stuff that basically doesn't matter. And in addition to that, we're constantly getting news from all over the world, which is basically all about things going wrong. So that means that paradoxically, where whereas we live in a broadly very prosperous, peaceful time, despite things like COVID or World War III potentially happening. Despite that, we'll see what happens with that. But despite that, we are pretty much constantly being put in a state of panic by things like advertisers in the news media who depend on that to get our attention, to get clicks and to sell products. So that means that there has never been a more important time than now to learn some great techniques to put yourself into the parasympathetic nervous system. Or, as we could broadly say, to de-stress, right? And that, of course, includes things like meditation. It includes things like breath work. It includes things like prayer. It includes things like ritual. All of the stuff that we like to talk about here will get you into one version or other of that state. And the reason that's so important is because it's in that state that you're at your best and where everyone is at their best. It's from that state that not only do you experience deep healing, relaxation, you experience better psychological processing, you can better compartmentalize and work through, you know, stressful things for the day or maybe even long-term traumas or kind of catch up your personal story and understand where you've been and kind of, you know, work through things, but also even physical healing. I mean, if you've ever gone to a spa and gotten a massage, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But also that's the state in a more creative sense from which, you know, all the great sports victories have been made. It's the state from which creativity happens when music musicians are fully in flow or writers or artists are fully in flow. It's the state, by the way, where the best business decisions are made from. And of course, when the best financial decisions are made from. So it's behooves us on every level to master getting into incredible states of consciousness. And I don't mean by that, of course, tripping the light fantastic on, on psychedelics or something like that. I mean your day-to-day -day state. And this is a, a place where I really strive to differentiate myself from the vast majority of, let's call them magical teachings, where all of that stuff is focused on engineering extreme breaks in day-to-day -day consciousness through, you know, psychedelics, ritual, crazy stuff, you know, just, you know, going balls to the wall and going, going out there. Now that's great. And I've done tons of that, but on a day-to-day -day basis, 
monitoring just your normal waking state is infinitely more important. So with that said, I want to field some of some questions from students that relate to this. So the first question we get from a student is that I am keeping up with my day-to-day practice. I have my meditation going. I'm learning some of the basics at your school, but it seems like even though I can be fully in gear in the morning, as soon as I get to work, everything goes out the window because suddenly I'm bombarded with constant stress, demands, employees, bosses, and it goes out the window. How do I bring this state basically into my work experience? Okay, so I get a lot of questions like this. So this is where the pedal really hits the metal. So well, I've kind of set up the basics of this in the intro, but I think that there could be nothing more important than a good toolkit to manage your day-to-day state in the working environment, particularly now when the working environment has changed a lot. Everyone's working remotely, people are on Zoom. That is kind of inherently disconnecting from other people because you're not really in the same room or the same place with them. It's very alienating. Or if you're working with people in the same space, maybe you're working in that space because your company has now demanded that you come back as companies are now doing. And nobody really wants to be there because they're used to working from home. They're used to being in a calm, relaxing home environment. And now they're being forced to be back in the office. There's also a lot of kind of other options that people are exploring now as the nature of work changes. People are working out of homes together, which is perhaps the best of all worlds. And there's a lot of ways that people are assessing this. But one way or another, people have been really shaken up and disrupted, obviously, in their work lives and in their entire lives in the last couple of years. And for that reason, people are very stressed and they can it can come out in weird ways and so it is critical whether you're an employee or whether you're in a supervisory role that you constantly stay in a good state because if there's one thing that was true on all levels of magic and we've we've heard it before but we have to keep coming back to it the phrase as above so below now there's a lot of ways to interpret that but one really important way to interpret that day to day is that your internal state to a large extent not only influences but largely creates the world around you and i mean that in a practical way i don't mean that in like you know a a crazy new age mystical way although it can mean that also i basically mean that whenever you are in a situation where things are stressful they are going crazy particularly a workplace environment where things are starting to get out of hand, it is really easy because we've all kind of been trained this way to think that, oh my God, you know, my boss is on my ass. My employees are crazy. This job is dysfunctional. This workplace is insane. Everyone's stressed. Everything's going off the rails. And it is much more fruitful to go internally and change your own state. Because if you can change your state, you can change your reality. And a lot of magic really boils down to that. Or we've all heard change begins from within. So the best way that I can offer to do this, and this of course applies to any situation, is to focus on three things. One is 
what are you doing physically? How are you breathing? What is your posture like? What are you doing with your body? I actually just did a YouTube about this called Three Ways to De-Stress. By the way, check out our YouTube. We're, we're adding a bunch of new, you know, high-res, very well-produced video content to it on the reg now. It's, you can just search for magic.me on YouTube. So I talk about this in that YouTube, but basically the first thing you want to do is check in with your body, right? And so you will invariably notice that if you are in a situation of stress, discombobulation, consternation, that you will probably be not breathing very well. Your posture will probably be pretty shitty. And this has never been more true than in the age of computer work. So the very first thing you want to do is check in with yourself, make sure that you are sitting up straight, take some deep breaths, make sure that you are breathing deeply, smile, because we know that smiling actually forces your nervous system to be happy. I know it sounds simple. I know it sounds dumb. Just bear with me here. I know it's something that you've heard a thousand times before, but usually the things you hear a thousand times, the things that are the most annoying to hear again and again, like brush your teeth, eat your vegetables. Those are the things we really need to do. Drink water, right? That's the one I always forget. Eat food. I forget that one actually quite a lot. So take some deep breaths, make sure you're breathing and then smile because smiling will force your nervous system into an upstate. You can kind of hold the smile until it's until it's there. And by the way, particularly in a stressful situation, particularly in a workplace situation, there's nothing quite as intimidating as a happy person. So just think about that. And of course, check in with tension because the first thing that we do when we're in a stressful situation is tense up. That might be in your fists, your, your hands that might be in your upper back. It might be in your neck, your whole chest may, you know, essentially collapse in on itself and your breathing may be restricted. So you got to check that and basically just force overwrite it and force yourself to be in a good state. And this is something where magic really, I know this is a subtle point, but again, bear with me. This is somewhere where magical thinking dramatically and very effectively breaks with perhaps the psychoanalytic school, right? And, and it, do, it's, it doesn't break with mainstream psychology like cognitive behavioral therapy, for instance, where it's very aligned with. But, you know, for instance, what I mean by that is if somebody's in a really going through a tough time in life, if they're tense, if they're having a lot of difficulties, the original kind of Freudian psychoanalytic school is, well, let's talk about this and figure out why this happened and what's going on and what happened in your childhood to produce this state. And then eventually in 30 years and, you know, many, perhaps hundreds of thousands of dollars of therapy bills, you will at least understand why you are not feeling good by the time you're 60. And then at least, you know, but it's not going to fix you. Okay. That's psychotherapy. However, things like, let's say cognitive behavior, cognitive behavioral therapy, therapy, excuse me, more modern schools of psychology, but also let's just be blunt about it. Magical thinking are just fake it until you make it right. Just force the change to happen now and let the story catch up with it. And if I was to be just straightforward about a magical way of thinking, no new age, nothing, it's that. Let the story catch up with your actions rather than wait for the story to match an, an, a, an action output. 
So the psychotherapy approach is just sit there thinking, okay, well, what do I, you know, what did I go through? What do I want to do? What's going on? What are these people in my life? What is my relationship with my parents like? Blah, 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 blah. Eventually with the hope that the story will align at some point to produce different actions that are in line with that story. Well, I hate to break it to you, but things change so fast now and the world is so fast paced that, that we, we will never have the luxury of coherent stories on any level ever again in our lives, either personally, globally, like just nothing makes sense. Okay. It's chaos. Roll with it. Accept it. Chaos magic. That's how it works. Live with it. Thrive with it. Embrace the fact that we live in the post postmodern, hypermodern desert. Okay. It's good because it, it's actually a really good thing. It's good that there's no set meaning. It's good that there's no master narrative. It's good that you don't have a fixed story about yourself because if you had a fixed story about yourself, you would be trapped by it. And the same would be true for the world. So embrace chaos and just smile. Okay. Force the change to happen that you want to happen and let the story catch up with it. And that can be as simple as grounding it into the body and just forcing yourself into a positive state without coming up with a reason why. So just to simplify that any further, even further, make the change happen. Don't worry about why. Just focus on the how. Let the why take care of itself. That's magical thinking. Okay. So that would be the first thing to do in that environment. Change your physical state. Why? Because. Right? That's it. Why? Because you say so. That's also magical thinking. Don't sit there coming up with why your state should change. Just do it because it is your uh, capital W will to do so. There, no ritual required. The next thing you want to do is take a step back and think, what are, you, what are you placing your focus on in this situation? So invariably, when we're in stressful situations, we focus on the stressor and when we focus on the stressor, we immediately get into a reactive feedback loop. And this is something that is really critical to understand that has been pointed out by basically every meditation tradition. It is particularly pointed out very well by Buddhism, particularly Theravadan Buddhism. It's even pointed out well by <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard actually pointed this out very well with Scientology. He, he didn't get everything wrong. I'm, I'm not pro-Scientology. I'm just bear with me. You know, I'm, I read everything. Okay. Like I'm a heretic, but we, when we get into a reactive loop, then we're trapped by the, the stimulus. We're, we're trapped by the stimulus input. We are reacting like robots. And I think that this is the real meaning of spiritual teachers like Gurdjieff, who said that essentially humans are like robots, right? He didn't, I don't think he meant that, you know, people are actually robots or that people are actually soulless NPCs or something like that. I think that what he meant by that is that we are largely all the time asleep because we are trapped by our reactive mind. We're trapped by our response to stimulus. We're behaving as a stimulus input, you know, mechanism or as it says in the book of the law, this, you know, the slave shall, shall serve. That means that we are enslaved to our, our stimulus input essentially. And it requires executive function, which is the last part of the brain to develop, which is why it's so tricky. It requires executive function to step out of that and make a decision by force of will to not react. And that also is just a core, that's a core thing. So the way that we don't react 
to the stimulus is by changing our focus away from it. The human mind has something like a 16-bit input uh, short-term memory capacity in actual computer terms. I mean, like the amount that we can actually focus on at any given time is extremely limited. Our entire sensory input is capable of taking in basically almost unlimited sensory input, but we can only focus on or hold, you know, like basically a phone number in mind, seven numbers or so, give or take, or focus on one thing at a time. So our bandwidth for current focus, our cursor, if you will, on the screen is extremely limited. So it behooves us to make sure that the cursor is on the right thing. So of course, if you focus on the thing that is stressing you, then it will be magnified because the whole of your focus power is on it. But if you focus on 16,000 other things, take your pick, you can focus on the fact that let's say you have a job, you can focus on, you can focus on gratitude, which is always a great one for gratefulness that you're perhaps not in a war zone in Eastern Europe. That's one I always constantly remind myself of when I get, when I get stressed, it's like, there's not tanks rolling outside. So, so what do we really have to complain about? And, or you can simply shift your focus to inst you can, the best way to shift your focus is by asking yourself a different question. So when we're getting input, a stressor input, we immediately ask ourselves, what, you know, what is going wrong? Why is this happening? What did I do to deserve this? Questions like that. But a simple way to shift that is what is the best way? Just focus on the solution, basically. Instead of focusing on why the problem is happening, focus on, okay, what is a, what is a solution to this that would make everyone here happy, right? So even something as simple as that, changing your focus from the problem to at least asking the question of, at least beginning to look for the solution. That's huge. And then finally, the last bit is simply your self-talk, how you're languaging what's happening, right? And this is also critical. So if you're in a stressful, uh, stressful situation in the workplace and your internal talk is, oh my God, this is awful. This is happening again. This happens to me at every job. Why, why are things, you know, oh my, or you, you, or, or even worse, you start assigning yourself labels like, oh God, I, you know, I'm, I can't manage, I'm terrible at managing, or I'm, I'm, I maybe, maybe I'm not cut out for this job or every, you know, everyone experiences imposter syndrome in every area of life. So often you can go internal and start messaging like that. So then you want to catch yourself and like a good magician, change the spell that you are weaving. Spell is spelling, spelling is language. And language primarily is the language you are using internally. So change the story. And that can just make something new up. So, okay. So a, a great one is, okay, I'm being challenged by this situation to pull resources out of myself that I did not previously have access to, or I'd forgotten I have access to. Great. This is awesome. This is an, ex this is an opportunity to grow, to develop, to pull a power out of myself that now I will be easy for me and now I can use in the future. Or it's simply an opportunity to get more feedback on how I'm doing things. Just shift the story from it's a problem to it's an opportunity. Now we've all heard platitudes like this spiritual new age self-help platitudes like 
you know, you, you know, focus on, you know, it, your, your gratitude determines your latitude or focus on, you know, like, you know, make it an a opportunity, not a problem, things like this. The, the whole spiritual marketplace is awash with these kind of one-liners, these thought-stopping cliches, as the, the cult psychologist Robert Lifton would have called them. But at magic.me, I strive to give you the actual theory behind things so that you don't have to be reliant on crappy spiritual memes on Instagram or teachers, or you actually understand the mechanisms underneath these things so that you don't need to follow what somebody else says you just understand how the technology works and you can apply it in your own way to your own life. So whether you're in a stressful situation at work or at home, and there's actually a lot of blur between those two things in your personal life or where people often experience the most stress of all in their personal relationships with the people closest to them, because that's where we start to let our guard down and we start to have expectations and that's when things get, and we have the most emotional investment. So that's when things get really stressful, wherever the stress happens to manifest, wherever you get into a rough patch or a rough situation. Remember these three things. Number one, change your physical state. That means breathe. That means sit up straight. That means smile. Anything you can do to change your state from a stressed, tensed down negative one into an open, responsive, engaged, and capable one. Just do it. Don't worry about why. Change your physical state. That does like 80% of the work. Number two, change what you're focusing on. That's also basically very straightforward and easy. It just requires will. It just requires, and in my way of thinking, will just means a decision that you make. That's it. It's not some superpower. It's just will means deciding to do one thing and not do the other things you could have done. That's will. Okay. So it means choosing to focus on something else, i.e. focus on finding the solution in the situation rather than focusing on the problem and why it's so fucking bad. Number three, change your language. Change how you're languaging things around what you're experiencing. And that primarily means changing the language you're using internally. It, of course, also means change the language that you're using in social interactions with people, especially in relationships and the workplace. Be very carefully pay attention to what you're saying. Make sure that what you're saying is not reactive, but that you think before you speak. If human beings thought before they spoke, it would solve so much. Do that, but change your internal language, change the story you're telling yourself, change who you're telling yourself you are from being in a stuck spot or a stress spot or an attack spot to being in a space where you have total control, freedom, choices, opportunity, and ability to assess the situation at hand. So again, change your physical state, change what you're focusing on and change the language you're using to talk to yourself. Now, I'm not the first person to come up with these. Lots of people have talked about this. You can find people talking about this in Buddhism. You can find people talking about this in NLP, like Tony Robbins talks about this type of stuff a lot. So I'm not, I didn't invent this stuff out of the blue, but I have been now spent a quarter of a century going through all of these techniques. And so when I, I share things with you that I have learned, they are, you can be assured, the most effective ones. Because I'm very good at distilling all of this stuff down into the things which actually work. So 
How will you know you've done it right? It's actually, now this is my original contribution. How will you know that you've done it right? Here's what I would suggest. If you are in a situation of total stress, usually the reason you are stressed, usually the reason that you are in a fight or flight state, meaning your sympathetic nervous system, is that you feel you have no optionality. The fight or flight state occurs when you literally are out of options except to run away or attack. And, and your nervous system actually shuts down to focus and to adrenaline dumps and focuses you on those two things. And when you get into the adrenaline dump tunnel, it is there to protect you. To, and it basically only has those two options. Use your adrenaline to run away as fast as possible or to attack and use the entire resources of the, of the nervous system to do that. And therefore everything is directed away from any other option. And that would have been very helpful it's very helpful in a war zone, I'm sure, but it's not helpful really in an office and it's certainly not helpful in a personal relationship. So you know when you've done it right, when you feel a sense of many options and many decisions you can take. That's the indicator. If you've shifted yourself effectively from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic nervous system, it's not like you're suddenly going to be in a spa state. You're not going to suddenly be in bliss. If you are, that's great. But you will know that you've done it right by suddenly having a feeling that there's a lot of things you could do in the situation and you have at least one inch of distance, one second, two seconds, three seconds of window before you say something or before you make a decision to take, to choose from many different options. That's how you know that you're back in a great state, you're back in a resourceful state, you're back in a parasympathetic state. So that is the indicator that you've done it right. And that is what I'm adding to these very tried and true old methods. Look for a sense of internal optionality. That's how you know you've done it right. Okay, so that's what I have for you today. I was going to answer actually a, a bunch more questions, but I kind of went so long on that one. that I, And I think that that one summarizes so much so well. I mean, it covers it covers so much that literally it, like this, this answer will apply to whatever your other questions are. This will always be the answer pretty much. So I, I recommend that you, you listen to this podcast a few times actually, and you might want to think about listening to it. If it, if it inspired you, if it moved you, if you feel that it's helpful, you might want to think about returning to this podcast multiple times just to remind you, because I will be the first to tell you that you can know all of the techniques in the world for changing yourself or influencing others for living a spectacular life. But the pedal really hits the metal when it comes to remembering to do them, because usually life will invariably throw just walls of bullshit at us to sort out. And when that happens, it is so easy to just, particularly if just one thing happens after another, which is often how it works, it's easy to say on a podcast, well, if something stressful happens, just, you know, smile, breathe, focus on something better and tell yourself a story about how it's going to be okay. That's a hundred percent true. It really is. The tricky part is doing it consistently. Like, you know, for instance, if 17 things hit you all at once, but again, let's think about this smile, stand up straight, because this will happen in the future. Sometime in the future, a giant wall of pulverizing events are going to happen to you that are going to shake up, you know, there may be deaths in the family, there may be job losses, there may be, you know, 
war for all we know. There could be, you know, illnesses. This is inevitable. Old age, sickness, and death happen to all beings. Unless you're Jeff Bezos and you can afford not to have them happen to you. But we'll see how that goes. Jeff Bezos is trying to cure aging right now. And I, for one, cheer him on. That would be awesome. It would be great to have your loved ones forever. So, but that aside, crazy transhumanist stuff aside, old age disease and and death happen to us all. So, life is chaos. Life is change. So, it's going to happen in the future. So, be prepared for it. And when you think of these things potentially occurring, that's the other thing in advance, because sometimes throughout the day, you may be assailed with thoughts like, what if this happens? What if that happens? That's the time to actually respond. Sit up straight, smile, breathe, focus on the fact that you have tons of to be grateful for. You will have things to be grateful for. You will have people around you that are supportive that you will need to focus on. You have, you will have resources. You can set yourself up for success now. And tell yourself that this, I will experience challenging things in the future, but I know I will rise to the occasion and I will be a stronger person on the other side because I will have pulled resources out of myself that I didn't previously know I had. And I will level up and get experience points. That's how I look at it. Okay. And on that note, so let's just wrap that up there. Other than the importance of ritual, that's why I teach rituals at magic.me. That's why I offer, for instance, guided meditations. There's a free guided meditation that you can get if you sign up on our mailing list. It's free.magic.me, F-R-E-E dot M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E slash start. That's a bit of a long URL, but if you go there, there's actually a free guided meditation you can do every morning to get yourself into an absolutely empowered, resourceful, parasympathetic, magical state. So go there, check that out. And there's a lot to be said for having a daily ritual. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean some, some high, highfalutin thing. It can be as simple as listening to a guided meditation every morning, or even as simple as when you wake up making the first thing that you do, thinking of what you can be grateful for. I know it's a simple thing again, but the, the simplest things can be the most powerful. Take a mental checklist every morning when you wake up. What what am I grateful for? I do this right now because I have a tendency to get real stressed and focus on things that aren't working. When you run a business, it's hard not to do that. But that's what I'm really focusing right now, actually, personally. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll immediately start thinking about all the things that I have to do and projects that aren't finished and, oh my God, this, oh my God, that. And I just stop and I say, I'm so grateful to have shelter. I'm so grateful to not have to worry about where I'm going to get food. I'm so grateful that there's not tanks outside. I'm so grateful that there's not bombs falling. I'm so grateful that I don't have to pick up an AK-47 to defend the people that I love because that's, that's real stress. So there's so much to be grateful for. I mean, and if you have nothing else to be grateful for, be grateful for being alive because there are tons of people that are not alive that would love to be in your place. Human life is an unbelievably precious gift. It is, as the Dalai Lama says, the most precious thing in all existence. So be grateful. And on that note, I will see you in class. Look out for the new Magic.me course coming very soon. And lots of love. Hang in there. See you soon. Bye. Bye.